الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وانك لعلى خلق عظيم صدق الله العظيم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters the most important thing that we have to acquire in terms of knowledge of deen is the correct understanding of deen one is the words but what is the correct understanding that is extremely important we have on many occasions mentioned that the words even some non muslims have words they have lot of words they have learned a lot in terms of the texts in terms of tafsir hadith fiqh many things they have learned a lot but that has not benefited them in any way because some of them don't even have iman Hazrat Mufti Mahmud Sahib rahmatullah alayhi on one occasion mentioned an incident of a kitab that he had seen which was written by a Jew. That kitab was written on the life of Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala an and his fiqh. And he wrote the kitab in a very very eloquent manner and a lot of ahadith and all the various virtues of abdullah bin mas'ud radiyallahu an that way that are recorded in the ahadith like the hadith that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says regarding him that whatever abdullah bin mas'ud radiyallahu anhu is happy with in terms of certain action certain practice that this is the correct way about it i am happy with it in other words this was a certificate that he has learned it from me so well <coughs> that if he has approved of it then it means i have approved of it because he learned it from me therefore he approved of it and in one narration one sahabi says that for a long time after i came to madina munawwara i thought abdullah bin mas'ud radiyallahu ta'ala an was a member of the household of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam because he used to be there so often and so much and so together with nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam that i thought has abdullah bin mas'ud now and is also a member of the family of nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam this is how close he was now all these type of ahadith this person wrote and he wrote with the references so a person reading this kitab thinks that this is a very great alim somebody with a lot of knowledge now the question still comes in the mind that what does, does this jew have what interest that he does he have in the fiqh of abdullah bin mas'ud and he is writing all these virtues about him and all in a very very good manner in a very authentic way he's got full references so this question still nevertheless will be there in the mind that what what this person has got in common with abdullah bin mas'ud why is he writing all this then as the muftisab rahmatullah says that as the book goes further down so 
with all these very, very great references and this, this uh, virtues and all these things, he's won the heart of the reader. And now, way down, later on, he adds one sentence that he had, na'uz billah, na'uz billah, Abdullah bin Mas'ud Laun had a habit of fabricating hadith. This one sentence, this whole book was written for this one sentence. That everything now, it puts a doubt about everything that comes related from Abdullah bin Mas'ud So it throws water over all those virtues also. So now he put this from his side, from his pocket he pulled out this. No references for this, nothing. Just from his but he already warned the reader's mind in such a way that the person now is not looking for anything further. This person is very, very authentic because he's writing everything with references and he's somebody that is very reliable because he's doing this in a, such a wonderful way. And then towards the tail end, he throws this poison in. For this one sentence, this whole book was written. So now, the issue is that can this person, this Jew, be called an alim? Does he have any understanding of deen? Zero, nothing, zero, he's in minus. So merely having the knowledge in terms of the words, knowing the ahadith, but not knowing how, number one, obviously iman must be there, and together with that, the correct understanding. That is the vital thing. And if the understanding is missing, then a person won't know how to apply something correctly. Imam Abu Hanifa, one of his most closest students was Imam Abu Yusuf. Imam Yusuf was one day with Imam Sahib and they were traveling and whatever the situation was, perhaps they couldn't find water quickly or whatever the issue was, the time for Fajr was now very close to expiring. And that is the time that now they had to start the Salah. So there was very little time. Maybe say 10 minutes left. Less than that left. And Imam Abu Hanifa put him forward to become the Imam of the Salah. And as he was about to start the Salah, there is a very short time left 5-6 minutes perhaps left and Imam Sahib says to him that perform the Salah according to the Sunnah now the Sunnah of Salah in imam, for the Imam the Qira'ah that he should recite and for anybody for that matter the Qira'ah that should be recited the Sunnah is that in Fajr Tiwale Mufassal the surahs of Tiwale Mufassal. This is the surahs to be recited. So now these are the lengthy surahs. And if a person recites these lengthy surahs, and the sunnah is to recite a complete surah in one rakat. So in Tiwale Mufassal, even if you take the shorter surahs, like for example, now somebody recited surah uh, Amma Yitasa'alun, for that matter, in one rakat, and the next rakat is a shamsu kuwira to something, then too, it might take 5-6 minutes, but before that 5 minutes, that kirat can get completed, the sun will start rising, so, 
how will it be now possible to make the sunnah qira'ah? So Imam Abu Yusuf is the Imam, he's about to say Allahu Akbar, about to say the takbir, and Imam Sahib tells him from the back, perform the salah according to the sunnah. In other words, make the qira'at according to the sunnah also. So he starts off the qira'at, he starts off the surah, uh, surah Fatiha, and then in the first rakat he recites, Qul a'udhu bi rabbil falaq, and in the second rakat he recites, Qul a'udhu bi rabbil nas. Now in Fajr, the sunnah is tiwale mufassal. In Zuhar, is also tiwale mufassal according to one view, awsate mufassal. And in Maghrib, in Asar, it's awsate mufassal, in Isha, it's awsate mufassal, and in Maghrib, it's qisare mufassal. The shorter surahs, the last part of it. So, now he is reciting surah falak and surah nas in fajr salah. He is reciting qisare mufassal in fajr salah. And now in any case he completes the salah, he makes salam. When he makes salam, Imam Abu Hanifa then comments on this. And he says, Kada ayyakuna faqihan. That he is now very close to having become a faqih, a person who has gained the true understanding of deen. Now, Imam Sahib told him perform the salah according to the sunnah. He read Surah Falak and Surah Nas. And Imam Abu Hanifa is praising him on his understanding. That now if he didn't have the correct understanding, at that time somebody else who was not a person of correct understanding, he would have started maybe some long surah now. And before he finished the first rakat, the sun would have already risen. And that salah would have broken. And this would have been proof that this person has got no understanding of deen. Now how did he praise him on the correct understanding? That here the priority was to make sure that the salam, the salah gets completed in time. That is the greatest sunnah now, that the salah gets performed correctly in time. And on one occasion, Nabi Wasallam, due to illness, he was very ill, he recited Mu'awwazatain, Surah Falak and Surah Nas in the Fajr Salah. This was not the norm. This was a situation of a sheer necessity. The Nabi Salaam did that. So he fulfilled that sunnah also. So he did not shirk anywhere in the sunnah, but not that tiwale mufassal, the long surahs, that was it in his mind, and he went about it. He understood the moment, the occasion, and the application of deen correctly in that moment. This is what we have to learn in the madrasa. The correct understanding of deen. Now for example, just, just to take as an example, the person listens to a bayan. The bayan is about the virtues of looking after the tongue. Now that's the bayan. That one must be very conscious about what one speaks. Now this is a teaching of deen. Nabi Islam says, Man samata naja. The person who keeps quiet will be saved from a lot of fitnas. Now in that bayan about looking after the tongue, this hadith was quoted. Man samata Naja, the person who keeps quiet, that person will be saved. That person will be protected from a lot of lot of evils and a lot of all kinds of things. So this person heard the hadith, man samata naja. Now she goes home. So the mother is making salam to her. Firstly, she should be making salam to Saravud, because the mother is her elder. Her mother 
she should make Islam to her mother, her grandmother is there, her elder sister is there, even her younger sister is there, the muallima might be passing her, or some other classmate might be passing her. Now she learned one thing, man samata naja, the person who keeps quiet will gain salvation. Now, the Hadith Sharif is 100% correct, but there is a correct application for it. That what is the meaning of man samata naja, that a person who keeps quiet, where speaking is not required, not necessary, or speaking from haram things, this is the application. And as far as salam, salam to non-mahrams, that is not correct, that must never be done, but salam to one's parents, salam to one's brothers and sisters, salam to one's classmates, salam to one's muallima, salams to other people, other women obviously, here the fazilat and the virtue is, al-badi'u bis-salam bari'um min al-kibr, that the person who makes salam first, that person will become free of pride, that person gets the greater reward, so to start off with, she should have been making salam first, she should not be waiting for that moment, where somebody has already made salam to her, she should be eager to take the maximum reward, by making salam first, so that is what she should have been doing. But now she learned the Hadith Sharif Man Samata Naja. So to start off with, she's not even making salam. She deprived herself of all the virtues of being the one to initiate salam. To make salam first. Now her mother is making salam to her. Her sister is making salam to her. So she is not even answering. So now why she's not answering? She's saying Man Samata Naja. The person who keeps quiet. Whereas it is wajib to answer. It is sunnah to make salam first and it is wajib to reply to the salam. She's saying, Man samata naja. Must keep quiet. Or otherwise she's saying, No, I made salam quietly. No, salam is not to make quietly. If somebody has made salam to you, then you have to make salam audibly. That is why it's wajib. That that person doesn't now feel hurt that why did not she reply to my salam. And uh, I made salam and she kept quiet. So... Uh, Something is wrong? Did I do something wrong? Person thinks now she ignored my salam. Now, this is just an example that how the wrong application can come into place. That now, man samata naja, this wajib is getting left out. Now somebody asks you, how are you? So you keep him quiet. The mother asked, the grandmother asked, how was your day at madrasa today? You keep him quiet, not saying anything. Now, why not saying anything? I learned in the Hadith Sharif, Man Samata Naja. So, this is no understanding of what Deen is all about and what the Hadith Sharif is referring to. Now, when somebody, the mother has asked, the grandmother has asked, somebody has asked who is valid to speak to, they asked you a valid question or something just to, how, how are you, how did your day go at Madrasa, and now you keeping quiet, that is against all the dictates of akhlaq, that is poor akhlaq. Now the person is saying, I learned one samata naja. You learned one hadith sharif, you don't know the application, and you don't have any understanding of deen. That is what it comes to then. This is as an example, that we are taking, that if a person does this, then that person has no understanding of deen. So this is the issue, what we are referring to, that to have the correct understanding of deen, one is to know the words, to learn the words, that is the starting point, but what is the application of that? 
what is the correct understanding of what has been told to me? What has been taught to me? That is the thing that we have to learn and apply it correctly. So there is something to keep quiet also. There is a thing called good akhlaq as well. There is a thing called smiling at one's Muslim sister. Unfortunately, we will smile in the wrong places and smile where it's haram to smile. But to smile to one's mother, to one's parents, to one's muallima, to one's class, fellow students, the girls in one's class, with the intention of making somebody's heart happy for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. With the correct intention. Now that is an ibadat. That is sawab. Because Nabi Wasallam used to smile. So with that intention of sunnah, now that sunnah, that is discarded. Man samata naja is what we learned. Now this is far away from the understanding of deen. What is the correct akhlaq to display at which moment? That is to understand. That is something to know how to go about it. And where will this understanding come from? This understanding comes from asking those who have the correct understanding. And learning from those who have the correct understanding. How is this to be applied? We don't decide for ourselves what I think it means. We inquire about the meaning from those who have the correct understanding. So this is something that we have to keep reminding ourselves about. That have I understood what is the application of deen? For example, the tilawat of the Quran Sharif. Now this is something that is a requirement from a mu'min. That the kalam of Allah Ta'ala be recited daily. Not for the sake of madrasa, for the sake of learning sabak. This is the word of Allah Ta'ala. And the word of Allah Ta'ala, a mu'min's day must not go past without having recited kalamullah. With great amount of importance given to it. Not just, by the way, haphazardly. No, as a person does something with great importance. So the Quran Sharif, the kalam of Allah Ta'ala, tilawat of the Quran Sharif must be done with importance given to it, dedicated time in a very, very uh, in a manner where it's given great importance. Now somebody learns Quran Sharif, but the learning of the Quran Sharif is being restricted for the sake of madrasa. So he might be able to recite excellently with tajweed, might be able to get first prize for our tilawat in the exams. Our tajweed might be A, A plus. But if we are not reciting the Quran Sharif daily, at home, it's holiday, it's the weekend, or it's the Madrasa day also, but at night now we didn't dedicate time to recite Quran Sharif, we haven't understood deen, we understood exams, we understood class work, we understood maybe the requirement for whatever the issue is, exams, etc. But we haven't understood deen. We haven't understood that tilawat is for my life. Tilawat is for my heart. Tilawat is for me to link up myself with Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. So the understanding of deen hasn't yet come. The understanding of exams, of syllabus, the understanding of these kind of things has come. Whereas we have come to the madrasa to understand deen. That is why we keep repeating this, 
that all the other things are secondary. Deen is what we have come to learn. Learning something about history and geography and science and maths. This is not Deen. This is not knowledge of Deen. This is something that's just life skills to the extent of necessity. That's all. It's just there for the sake of some necessity. And it must not be taken beyond the level of necessity. It must not be understood to have any importance beyond necessity. It must be just regarded as necessary. Just to that point. Nothing more than that. The real thing is the knowledge of deen. Is the knowledge of the Quran and Sunnah. And whatever else we are learning that will help us to understand the Quran and Sunnah. And in this, the issue of importance is to gain the correct understanding of the Quran and Sunnah. What Allah Ta'ala wants from us? What does Nabi Islam want from us? What is going to make my Allah happy? On the day of Qiyamah, I have to face Rasulullah What is going to make him happy? So this akhlaq, this correct akhlaq has to come in. The correct mu'amalat has to come in. The correct mu'asharat has to come in. The correct ibadat has to come in. All these things make up deen. And when a person has put all these things, sometimes a person starts departmentalizing, selecting, picking and choosing, goes about fatwa shopping. Well, so and so said that uh, it's fine, this is fine, that is fine. So anything that suits us and somebody said it, that will become fine. Whereas the correct understanding of deen is that we understand it from one person who we have confidence in. فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Allah Ta'ala says, ask the people of knowledge, if you do not know, and then in another ayat Allah Ta'ala says, وَاتَّبِعْ سَبِيلَ مَنْ أَنَابَ إِلَيْهِ Follow the path of the one who has turned to me. Now what is the meaning of turning to Allah Ta'ala? Somebody who has taqwa, somebody who has the correct understanding of deen in their lives, somebody who is close to deen in practice, somebody who is very close to the sunnah. So this is the yardstick. That is the person man anaba ilay, who has turned to Allah Ta'ala. So now, this is what we have to apply. Now we have to decide now, if you want the correct understanding of deen, the correct understanding of deen requires that we decide who is the one person that we will take our direction from. In terms of masail, in terms of fatawa, that we ask all our questions from one person who we have confidence that this person is knowledgeable, he has taqwa in him, he is somebody who has sunnah in him, he is somebody who has the fear of Allah Ta'ala, we will understand this by judging around on, on the basis of who are his followers, what kind of progress in deen is taking place in the life of his, lives of those who are following him, following his direction, then Alhamdulillah, we follow that one person and carry on. Then somebody else is saying something, third person is saying something else, we don't even get into it. We don't even fall into that. We respect everybody, but we follow the one direction that we have taken. Now this too is as a reason. When a person has gained the correct understanding of deen, then the person will adopt this. And if the correct understanding of deen is not there, then the person will go around fatwa shopping. But so and so said is okay, and that person said is okay, 
but if uh, I'm following this person all the time, but this particular thing he said is not on, but somebody else said it's okay. So now I'll follow that. So we are not following this person or that person, we're following our nafs. We are following our own desires. Because we are going around looking for something that suits us. So that is against the understanding of deen. So the understanding of deen is what is necessary. Understanding of deen is what we have to acquire. And that is the thing that will come by taking direction from one personality and learning from those who have the understanding, the correct understanding. And this is the core issue. When a person has gained the correct understanding of deen, then life becomes very easy. Otherwise, there is major confusion in one's life. Either one will become a slave of nafs, and one will keep going in circles, and keep trying to do things which will cause greater problems for one in one's life, and then one will try to find justification. We'll do our own thing, and keep looking for justification. And the other part of it will be, that we will lead, we will lead ourselves into confusion. Now we'll be trying to work out, but why somebody said this, and somebody said something else. And why the third person said the third thing. And then a person will say, but everybody is saying their own things, I rather, I rather do my own thing. But if it comes to our health, then we won't say that this doctor said one thing, another doctor said something else. Recently, there was one patient we had to take to one doctor. So, there were two doctors present. And both were attending to that patient. And one doctor felt one way, the other doctor felt the other way. On two, three issues regarding the same patient. One is saying something, the other is disagreeing and he's saying something else. And now both are doctors and there's a difference of view about what should be done. One is saying do this, the other is saying do that. So now what will be our reaction now? That both these doctors don't know what they are talking about. So just give both out, abandon both and go do your own thing. Nobody does that. Nobody takes those chances. One leaves it to the doctors and one follows one doctor. They have one doctor they will follow and they carry on with him. They have the family doctor. Now here this was a chance situation that there were two doctors attending to the same patient. But we don't take chances with our health and say let's just do what we, we think. Do whatever is in my mind. I'll go on Google and see now for this heart ailment, major heart problem what to do. Nobody does that. There's a rare disease, go on Google and treat yourself. Nobody does that. Nobody goes to Dr. Google for remedies to major health problems. So more serious than our health issues is the issue of our Iman, the issue of Deen. So here we cannot take chances. Anything we hear on the airwaves, that is Deen. Whereas all kinds of things are coming on the airwaves. Some things which are total batil, completely batil. There are some things of that nature also coming on the airwaves. Some things might be a mixed up facts. Some things might be okay. But now we don't know what is what. And everything we are just taking. And this is as a result of not having the correct understanding of what deen is all about. 
So we have to have the understanding of how to go about to get the understanding also. And the prescription for that is that we stick to one personality for our fatawa, for our masail, for our rulings on deen. And in terms of knowledge, we learn from those who will be able to guide us, who have the correct understanding, who themselves have gained the correct understanding from teachers who had the correct understanding. And this chain goes up all the way. So this is where this will come from, this correct knowledge will come from, the correct understanding will come from. So the lesson for today was that merely having the words is not sufficient. The words alone, that is a starting point, but that is not sufficient. That doesn't make a person an alim. Imam Malik Rahmatullah it is his well-known statement, لَيْسَ الْعِلْمُ بِكَثْرَةِ riwaya. وَلَكِنَّهُ نُورٌ يَدَعُهُ اللَّهُ فِي قَلْبِ الْعَبْدِ أو كما قال that Imam Malik Rahmatullah said that ilm is not having a lot of narrations. Person knows 1,000 narrations, 10,000 narrations, person by hearted all the kitabs. That alone is not ilm. Ilm is a nur that Allah Ta'ala puts in the heart of the person. This nur is that correct understanding. When this light comes on in the heart, then the correct understanding will be achieved. And where does this light come on from? This light comes on from taqwa. Adopt taqwa, fear Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala will grant you ilm. That ilm which is a nur, by means of which one can distinguish between what is right and what is wrong. What is correct, what is incorrect. What is appropriate, what is, what is inappropriate. How to behave in a given moment. How am I supposed to respond? Am I supposed to keep quiet here? Am I supposed to say something here? Am I supposed to say something? How must I say something? Am I supposed to say it in a way that is, nobody can even hear what I am saying? Am I supposed to speak clearly now? I am in the presence of some non-mahram, so I must speak in a very subdued manner. And am I in the presence of a mahram, I am in the presence of my mother, or my muallima, or so now I must speak in a clear way, that I can be understood. So this all is the understanding of deen. It is not something that goes by hit and run. Just think whatever I think it feels like. Yeah, I'll just do what I want. So, this noor, when this noor comes in the heart, as a result of taqwa, the result of respect and adab, respect for everything of deen, respect for the madrasa also, respect for our muallimas, respect for our fellow students, and very, very important, respect for the Quran Sharif, then respect for the Hadith Sharif, respect for the kitabs of deen, respect for the desk on which we keep our kitabs and what we use, respect for the pen with which you use to write knowledge, respect for that, whatever goes on in terms of helping us to acquire the knowledge of deen, when a person will do this, then this will bring the noor of ilm. And with the noor of ilm, the understanding, the correct understanding of deen will come. Because now one's heart is clean, there's no sin. One is making toba and istighfar and cleaning the heart all the time also. And one is not getting involved in major sins, so, the heart is being kept clean because the eyes are being cleaned, the eyes are clean, the ears are clean, the tongue is clean. So, all this is clean. Therefore, 
the heart is clean now so that nur will come and now the correct understanding will come so let us not just be thinking that we are doing the right things by our thinking let us keep asking let us keep inquiring let us keep learning from those who have the correct understanding and we take our direction from one spot in terms of one place in terms of our masail in terms of fatwa and this will keep us rightly guided it will keep us on the straight path and inshallah this way we will gain the success of dunya and the success of akhirat and the biggest success is Allah Ta'ala becomes pleased with us the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala is the greatest thing this is what we have to acquire if in our learning deen our studying in the madrasa if we have pleased Allah Ta'ala then we have gained the objective but we learned a lot of things we did not please Allah Ta'ala then this is a problem may Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us all the tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت العز الأكرم ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه معين والحمد لله رب العالمين